Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we look at movies we love, break them apart to find out what gives them their magic. Tonight will be slightly different, guys. Gird thy loins and uh, make strong thy stomachs. This is a tough one. Uh, joined on this epically disgusting descent through the family tree, uh, my friend and co-host. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I was speaking the uh, native Hungarian. My name is Alex Tantino. <laughs> we don't even need subtitles. We got you perfect. <laughs> okay, guys. So this is our end of body horror. And I think I may have outdone myself. We, we've represented a little bit of foreign film on the show. New Zealand, Poland. Uh, this Hungarian joint, though. Even Irish with the dark song. Uh, this Hungarian joint, though. Insanely memorable shockingly disgusting um it's a movie that grabs you hard and never lets go you try to run kicking and screaming it makes you sick uh it's so much this film is called taxidermia yeah uh it's in a nutshell the story of three generations of uh hungarians and they're different kind of it it's a weird it's it's all about just the hardships that everyone endures and everyone has different looks at this. It's insane. The movie uh, so is... I thought we'd start this off a little different, Alex. Yeah. I'm going to ask you something right off the bat. Okay. Just straight up. Do you think this is a good movie or not? I do. Uh, yeah, I do. This is not. Um, yes, this is the grossest movie I've ever seen. It makes the human. I thought makes, you might go uh, a hard pass because of how fucking vile this thing is. Yes. Cause I watch is, a lot of shit like that. I feel like you don't, this is by far the grossest movie I've ever seen. I think it makes the human centipede look like the Muppet babies. Um, but this movie is a good movie. Like as far as movies we've seen on this show, there are some movies that I like to me, you can watch a movie like from beyond, or uh, the uh, bad taste, like these movies that are watch made. Watch it. Like, but that's but <laughs> you know what I'm saying though. There are movies that you watch on this show that we've watched for this show and been kind of like that movie is fun to watch. It's not like this genius piece of art, but at the same time, like you value where it came from and where it started and how like you see bad taste and you realize this is what led us to Lord of the Rings and that kind of thing. You can see a filmmaker growing. This movie is the grossest, most disturbing thing I've ever seen in my life. But at the same time, aesthetically though, it's a really well-made movie. Like I didn't understand any of it. And here's why the only copy Griffey and I were able to find, or at least Griffey found one with subtitles. I think the copy that I watched had no subtitles and was in Hungarian. (laughs) So I have absolutely no idea what anyone was saying the whole time. I had to use the Wikipedia page to basically thumb through the details like when I got to a scene where a guy was firing fire out of his dick, I was like, I don't know the context of this at all. Nothing to be is fair. If you're ever at a movie theater or watching any movie and within the first five minutes, a guy jerks himself off until flame is erupting <laughs> from his dick. That's a worthwhile movie to me. <laughs> you're not wrong. Look, and to be honest, again, this movie is made really well. Like as far as movies go, this is right up there. Like the way it's shot, the way it's edited, this is right up there with any other 
I think uh, highbrow horror or like when I saw this, like the way it's shot reminded me a lot of um, honestly hereditary, like the way that it, the way that things are, yeah. framed. the way things are framed in this movie it, reminds me a lot of that. There, There's a lot of good craft in this movie, right? And very it, much. This, this is one of those things you always have to grapple with, with a movie like taxidermia, right? Is, and I read this thing that says this is supposedly this kind of, uh, allegory for the post-world war hungarian history yeah it's supposed i have to no be this... fucking way to speak to that right i'd have to watch no. this with the hungarian and be like are you getting this like, i think do you, you understand what the fuck this means i think if you but, understand but... what i think if you understand more what happened in that part of the world then like my socio-political understanding of what happened in hungary is well world war ii was pretty rough for everyone right and that's it like that's I all i like... know <laughs> uh what what year was it when you guys started fucking the pigs <laughs> What year you know was what it? Mean? Like, what year was it when cats ate inside a man? Please tell me. Please describe to me that year. Which administration was the giant puke wheel? <laughs> Explain yourself. <laughs> no, but, but this is what I mean, though. There, this movie, it it presents a lot of just fucking kind of vulgar, disgusting images that are really hard to stomach. I actually, and this is so funny, we looked it up. This movie, when it came to America, made barely eleven grand. <laughs> And me and my wife were two of those tickets that saw it theatrically the the first week it was available here in the U.S. <laughs> and I told her we were doing this on the show, and I I remembered like the big moments, but I I mean it had been almost a decade since I had watched this. I feel like right. she still remembered so much of this. This movie is scarred into her brain forever. And t- to me, this is the thing that you hit sometimes with certain movies. To get to those moments of unbelievable kind of grotesquerie and horror and and shock, how is is there merit behind this movie? Right. So that's kind of the sub question: to, Is it good? Right. Is it presenting you? Is the craft just kind of a, you know, an anesthetic to the disgusting images they want to get to? Do you feel like this movie was selling, you know, the kind of pulp, right? The trash. Or is there so much more here and that's just part of it? I think there's a lot more. Again, having watched it without any subtitles was really interesting because you're focused much more on the imagery and you realize like, yeah, whereas when the violence or any sort of viscera or gore show up in the film, like it's very disgusting. Like there's absolutely nothing left on the table at the end of this movie, save for like all the vomit and excrement and (laughs) uh pig guts and literally everything else available but like in terms of creativity like this movie does not do anything that i don't think is outside the realm of its own narrative like gore for gore's sake is what i see a lot of the time when i think of like movies like the human centipede like that movie is like fucking straight up exploitation that's the whole point of the flick it's a guy who's like, oh, yeah, I can sew a guy's mouth to the, someone else's butthole. That's the movie. Cool. Whatever. <laughs> right. This movie felt like they were trying to say something else by explaining it through this visceral experience with the viewer. Because it's not all just blood and guts and disgusting. Like, there's some real intrigue and meaning behind a lot of it, too. Right. Well, I mean, to use the analogy of human centipede, right? This movie focuses so much more on the human. Yes. Um, and that's that's the weird thing. If you watch stuff like Lars von Trier, you know, like Antichrist popped to mind. It's it's a little less uh, 
graphic at times, believe it or not, than this. Oh, I agree. I think this is a European to American audiences, right? I don't think Americans were much more pretty much crystal clear on where our kind of smut films are and where yeah. our highbrow art films are. Yeah. Um, a lot of European horror stuff that I watch, and I don't even know that I would call this a horror movie. It is very horrific at times. But there's this kind of blending in, like they're so much less afraid of sex and the flesh and, yeah. you know, some of these things that to us are still somewhat more taboo, even in our, you know, kind of late night genres. Uh, but yeah, so... Let's just dive in, right? So this movie follows three generations of people. So yes. we begin the film with the orderly, right? So the first thing we see is this hair-lipped orderly um, kind of burning himself with this candle, right? Yeah. Like, this guy loves candles even more than I do, which is insane. <laughs> Melting himself, right? And then he gets so excited by this, he, he is jerking off, and fire erupts from his dick. So right away, like... <laughs> This is some kind of surrealist bullshit or the dopest superhero intro of all time. It literally begins the movie and you're like, whoa, this is going to be like when I was see like when I was watching it, like I saw this and I'm like, this is going to be substantially different than quite literally every other movie. And it's not just because I don't understand anybody at this moment. It's going to be legitimately. No, see. There are images that transcend language, and a guy's dick shooting out fire. A guy's water. dick shooting out fire definitely makes me go, huh, well, this is new. Yeah. Well, I mean, they start off with this this quote, right? And it's, if something comes to an end, then its beginning uh, will also become important. And so right. this is what it is. Uh, the whole movie is this connected chain of three. So this is... The, the quote tells you, focus hard on this point because it will trickle down so much. And we know things won't necessarily go well. Right. But, again, this part has a lot of those kind of disgusting moments, right? There's the the pig, obviously, and the, the wall pussy and, you know, the jerking this, off and nutting into the stars. There's a lot of things like this. But to get to your point, what I think this movie does well is it has a lot to say about the human struggle, right? Yeah. And, and the struggle for this man is he lives alone in a freezing cold shack where his only warmth and attachment is this candle. Yeah. They put him out by the latrine, so a lot of his story is spent just listening to people go to the bathroom right? Um, as he holds close this candle. And one of the things they do in this segment, right, that I love, there's the kind of duality of when he's out amongst the humans, the commander, the commanding officer is just, berating him and kind of crushing him, right? Keeping right. him beneath boot. And then when he's connecting to people he might actually be able to bond with, they show a lot of him like peering through cracks and walls and things like this. Put like just showing you how fucking insanely alone this man is. Right, right. There's a lot of um this movie like the beginning of this movie is just about yeah, like the imagery of loneliness is really like I think yeah, flamethrower dick. Like, that's like the beginning of, like, you know, if you're jerking off that hard, you're definitely doing something wrong. Like, you have <laughs> a lot but, of loneliness but issues. But no, but that, I mean, it, to but, me, it's one of those that actually becomes, like, that's his only moment of warmth and decency. Right. He's fucking flaming hot orgasms. <laughs> <laughs> right, but that's, <clears throat> I think that's what it is. Like, you spend, you spend a lot of time with this guy at the beginning, like... There's another thing in this movie, and again, this is why I would not consider it like it is the grossest movie I've ever seen, but it's not bad by any stretch because also the sound design in this movie is exquisite. Yes. 
Yeah, you know what scene is so insane to me is when he's watching the girls snowball fighting. The sound design on that. And then, I mean, granted, it ends with him, you know, obviously lubing up a a hole in the wall and fucking it. And then an actual cock attacking his cock. (laughs) Sure, sure, of course. Which seems crazy. But if you look at it on on a more, but that's what I mean. So it shows him looking, trying to see the world through the little soon to be wall pussy. He's to him. The sounds of people having joy become erotic. Yeah. Because it sounds almost like they're fucking right. And it's this really kind of subtle design to where it seems like, oh, okay, what are they doing? And then you just see it's something as simple as a snowball fight. Right. Well, and imagine living a world where two girls having a snowball fight puts you in this fucking rock hard. I'm going to hump a wall. Right. Mode. I think a lot of the time, like to me, again, I, I keep going back to, because, you know, the first time I read about this movie, when you told me we we're going to, when you're like, I want to do this movie, I started researching it. And, you know, every single, every article I read and every, you know, the Wikipedia page all points to this socio political allegory. So I didn't do any actual research on what happened to Hungary, but it does seem like it really sucked for <laughs> Hungary around World War II. But, Again, like that's something that I really love about the beginning is if this is a sociopolitical allegory, what I would pull from this is that during World War II, Hungary itself was very uh, desolate and lonely and cold. And the only thing you had was yourself. Like that's something that I think is really interesting is like a lot of this movie to me, too. And again, I don't know what anyone's saying, but a lot of this movie. Also, let me add, I know so little about history and geography. (laughs) Yeah. But as soon as they said that, I'm like, well, I'm just watching this for the surreal aspects. I'll have to make it up as I go. But to me, I think like there's just something very beautiful about making a movie like that's what it's supposed to mean. And if you're willing to make a movie this brutal about something like that, like clearly you have something to say. So you respect a filmmaker who's willing to put themselves out there in this manner and still say, well, it's a sociopolitical allegory for everything Hungary's been through since World War Two. Which is interesting because really what it says to me, this movie a lot of the time are these characters who very much are kind of, so to speak, pulling themselves up by their bootstraps a lot of the time. Like this guy tries to find solace in his loneliness by jerking off, which, you know, plenty of us have done. But at the same time, like it doesn't end very well for him. Uh, But there is this sort of feeling of accomplishment because the next thing you because that next scene is his son grown up. Like, his son is trying to become something better than his father, so to speak. It's a very... I mean, uh, in a way, but but this movie constantly... What I like about this, right? And to me, the the kind of big, crazy moments that are kind of grotesqueries yeah. are a way to drag people to a theater that might otherwise not just want to watch a movie about crushing loneliness, right? Yes. Like, those things are hard to stomach. So if you get something like... Uh, you know, he's burning himself with the candle slowly and then he's just jerking off and there's no fire shooting from his dick. Right. It's a lot fucking sadder, man. And it, and both of them tell you the same thing. But so I, I think this movie will get crushed by a lot of people for, oh, it's just, you know, this fucking vulgar for no reason, whatever. But I, I think there's a lot of heart and humanity under every one of these stories right like i think so too the surrealism is what that, it's that, used to yeah, such an but effect even this right like the montage shot of like there's this great moment in that opening story where he goes in to just sniff those girls bathwater, which is immediately shocking right they do this insane camera rotation i love right? that where shot. then we go through this fantasy it's such a good shot and i'm not sure what to make of it because 
We see people cooking in a tub, a baby in a tub, a dead body in a tub. Yeah. It's kind of like all these mundane aspects of life happening in this tub. And so you're like, okay, so when he sniffs bath water, right, that a girl was in, he can extrapolate that out into this fantasy of the whole fucking world. Right? Yeah. And you're like, that's fucking crazy, right? Like, it's a small moment. That sometimes people would be like, oh, this is like some art house bullshit. But then you make it insane enough to where, you know, maybe you keep him around. He walks into the pop-up book. Like, that's another, that's a really cool additional thing that in this kind of, you know, soldier living in an isolated thing, dealing with the atrocities of war. Like, you wouldn't get him, uh, you know, kind of having a pedophile fantasy about this Hans Christian Andersen book. Yeah, I, I fucking love that. Like... There's so much great craft, like that shot, the overhead spinning shot of the tub, and then oh, that Hans Christian good, Andersen yeah. thing is incredible. Like, yeah, there is something so serene in the way that is unfolded. Like, this guy literally opens a storybook, and it's like a pop-up book, and then you yeah. zoom down into the actual book itself, and like, it's seamless. It's incredible. Like, honestly, I was... I, Watching this movie like that, that struck me more than anything is the visual effects of that. Like, what are we doing and why are we doing this? But also like, this is amazing. This is like, this is trying to lessen the blow of like these other disgusting things we're going to do in this movie. Watch me fucking do some fucking cool visual effects. Yeah, it's a lot of big, cool moments that help you like. You're kind of waiting like, holy shit, what are they going to try to pull off next? Right. And then they'll give you like those character moments. Like, I love all the shots where he's constantly between windows and walls. And you're like, it's just such good visual storytelling. And then they're like, oh, yeah. And we're going to have the weirdest sex dream of all time where he's fucking the remnants of the slaughtered pig. Also seeing the guy's like kind of portly wife. Right. And they kind of show it like no glow no glowing like after effects like this like down and dirty gross oh no there's a full-blown also the younger daughter that he seemingly is fantasizing about so we never know exactly who he's fucking and when he's fucking them until the baby is born (laughs) true well then that's like the crazy but he also gets killed for fucking the pig so that definitely happened well that was the thing too is i was like wait so because Again, I'm not. I'm watching this movie with absolutely no ability to understand what's going on, other than what's in front of me, and like that's another thing too. Like that sound design comes in, and like you hear the fucking sounds, and then you hear the pig squeal, and then you hear the pig like noises of like a person fucking pig guts. I mean, it's it's fucking crazy. Like that scene is so crazy, and it, and happens- it goes back because before when he's doing his little wood chopping, right? The guy, yeah. the sergeant is asking him, or the commanding officer is asking him about like. Honestly, is there anything better than cunt? Sorry for our more uh, offended listeners. This is not the pod for you. This is a horribly offensive movie. <laughs> uh, but he just talks about it. And then he starts talking about, like, what is the difference between, like, cunt and the word pig and the dirtiness. And so this guy kind of laid out this whole worldview, right? That right. then comes to bear in this most disgusting thing. And, like, when he's plowing and he hears the pig sounds, it's intercut with this lady, like, my sow, my piggy. Yeah. And it's like. What kind of fucking Ned Beatty fever dream post-traumatic stress disorder shit is this? It's so fucking bizarre. It's just bizarre. But then... But that, I mean, they, to me, that's the thing. that the, the, the weirdness of this movie is a huge asset to me. Yes. And I don't know... And this is what we talk about with alchemy of, like, movies. It's, 
I don't know that you can quantify that. Like, how many movies could they pull this moment off? And I'd be like, I'm totally in, right? They did 20 hard minutes of, like, craft and character and surrealism, and it led to this most disturbing sex thing of all time. And I was kind of like, this shockingly all works for me. Yes. Like, I, I'm still like, really into This it. is like, again, you're right. This is the alchemy of this movie is there is absolutely under no circumstances should X, Y, and Z add up to 59. And yet, for some reason, <laughs> here we sit watching taxidermia and it like, like you're strangely okay with what's going on. Like he fucks the pig the next morning they show up and he's like button up his pants real quick. They blow the guy's head off. And you're like, huh, well, you shouldn't have fucked that pig. And then you're like, wait, it wasn't the pig. Yeah, but also was- you're like, this guy's got the worst life of all time. Yeah. Like, Well, yeah, you're like. I don't know. It, it put me in a weird moral quandary where I'm like, am I okay with this guy fucking the pig that's about to be everyone's food? I, I can't tell. Like, I feel like everyone's wrong. Well, yeah. <laughs> I feel no, like no like, one should be casting judgment. <laughs> but that's like the thing that I think is interesting is you're like, huh, that guy fucked a pig and he shot him because he definitely ruined everybody's dinner. And you're like, and then the scene after is the baby, and you're like, wait a second, no, he killed that guy because okay, cool, this makes a little more sense now. Like, but you're still in that area, in that gray area of like, but do you think he just shot him because he fucked the pig and ruined dinner? That's got to be it, right? Like, that's not cool. More mad about his marriage or dinner, right? We'll never See, know. that's what I'm saying though. Like, this movie sets you up in such a way where you're like, what's everybody upset about? This has got to be. That's the opening of this movie. Is you're like. What's everyone upset about again? And this goes back to the There's, allegory because the whole time I'm thinking, right. what is the pig and oh what is the God, wife though. representing? When the little boy is born with a pigtail, though, <laughs> that's like some next level Wonderland shit. And yeah. then that, oh my God, the shot of him cutting that tail off almost made me throw up. Ugh. But what I, it's a <clears> weird <throat> moment too because what I like about the choice is that this guy, you think he's going to just kill this baby. Yeah. But all he's doing is just making it suitable enough. And what you realize, it seems to me, is that I don't know that he even wants to raise this child as much as keep his sounding board whipping boy. Yeah. No, I think he. You wants know what to I mean? Keep... It's and again they do this. Um, the 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 turn around, the like circular shot they do of like overhead and under, like they do it again here to like do the transitions. Like, yeah, it's just something about. Again, it, like it, it, it focuses so little on what that means. Like we're cutting the tail off. Okay, great. Like I remember, like my grandfather, uh, like my grandparents had a farm in uh, rural Ohio, and we would go down there, and every spring he would cut the tails off pigs. So, like honestly, watching that it brought back a very visceral memory because I was watching. I'm like, yeah. Oh, have you ever had a class where you had to castrate pigs? Did you really? Yes. Ooh. <laughs> See, that's farming Indiana. Farming Ohio is different. You zip tie them and they fucking blow up and fall off, dude. It's very strange. But yeah, so poor fucking bastard pigs. But again, that's it. it, I'm vegan now, or at least I just won't eat pigs. I'll eat the rest of you, motherfuckers. But yeah, so like it goes back to like how this movie is structured and the way because again, the craft in this movie is undeniable. Because what's interesting is he cuts the little tail off and then he's literally holding it up like it's a babe bouncing baby boy. And that's when they do that circular right. shot to transition to him to him as an adult. Right. So that that's the end of our first story, right? And then we right. go to and this is the funny part about having subtitles. I think his name is Blatuni or Blotany. I, I thought it was a But I every time I read it, I read it as Baloney Tony. <laughs> Perfect. 
Contin- continuing your yeah. continuing your long streak of getting people's names wrong. Let's do this. Yeah, I'm bad with names, period. But I was just like, for real, every single time I have to read this motherfucker's name, I'm going to read it as baloney tone. <laughs> like, what is he, a kid from heavyweights? Like, this is ridiculous. He looks like He's it. He's over there partying with Sausage Sam. Uh, yeah, I, this is the thing. Can you think of an American equivalent to this kind of film even? No. I think that's a really that's important thing, That's what I mean. There's, there's no fucking... And that's why... I mean, I I watch a lot of foreign film. A lot of it's kind of horror stuff and this surrealist. Because I just... I feel like we don't have anything like this that... Because that's the point you hit on that I keep getting struck by with this movie is... We have our kind of like trash films, right? And our kind of pulp and gross like... We're just going to show you the most fucked up shit. Right. The craft in this film though for... The craft mixed with grotesqueries is so unparalleled here. We just don't really have people that make movies like that, I feel like. No, like... It's, it's usually one or the other. It's like, a f- They rarely dabble so fucking... I mean, they just crisscross the line in this one like, all the oh, time. Oh, yeah, like nonstop. Like, this movie... There's no equivalent... There's no American equivalent, equivalent to this movie because no film director is willing to take it there and absolutely no studio in the world is willing to put money into this movie. Like, there's no American no. studio I can think of that would be willing to put money into a movie like this. Can you? Well, yeah, it's like, uh, hey, we want to make a body horror movie, but it's about three generations. It's going to be real kind of surreal. Everyone can just make up their own shit. It's also like a history lesson. They'd be like, what? Get the fuck like, out of here. We're doing like, Beverly I think Hills about, Chihuahua 8. <laughs> like, I think about, like we, just saw, like, we just saw Halloween, and I'm thinking about, like, would J- like I feel like Jason Blum would literally laugh these motherfuckers out of the studio. Like, get out of here! Like, if you're gonna be here pitching stupid movies, get out of here! Like, because yeah, this is the kind of mo- he's the only person that I think would have the vision for it. But I think he'd be like, "That's a little too hardcore. I don't think we can do it." Well, it's the thing. Like, uh, remember the movie they did, Bug? Yeah, it's kind of this weird body horror thing, but it just it's still so much more suppressed than this. Well, this like, movie this, is this just shows you every I I, I just can't. All right, so we do our, our first body horror is kind of about crushing loneliness and this yearning for a connection that never happens, right? Right. When it magically does, he's immediately punished and killed for it. Right. Right? So in a way, he's the little matchstick girl. He His dying wish is to have some kind of warmth and connection, and then he dies. Right? And then this guy, the guy who kills him, just takes his son over. And the next time we see him, Baloney Tony's... Uh, just fucking gut and tits up to the table, just crushing soup with a giant spoon. Um, Baloney Tony. This is the most fucking... <laughs> I have a hard time discerning which of the three stories is the most grotesque to me, or scary even. And then I was like, wait, it's the eating. Like, there's to me, there's nothing more disgusting and an indictment on our race and species. They're like, if the aliens came, they're like, they should just murder all of us, is competitive eating. Yeah. Like if hey, the aliens saw a broadcast of competitive eating, they'd be like, "Well, there's nothing we can learn from these fucking buffoons." If I'm looking at the socio-political allegory, I'm assuming this is the part of Hungary's history where everyone was super happy and fat and didn't give a shit about anybody else. Because that is, there's, it's the only rationale I had for like competitive it's, eating. Because uh, it's really like, I mean, the focus is just kind of gross. Like this is easily the part that. Like the ending is probably the most disturbing. This is definitely the grossest, as far I mean, as it's just all. But this is the thing, right? So we go from the orderly to Baloney Tony, and he it has the complete lack of connection, empathy, anything. Right. right? He's so alone and cold. Baloney Tony is just this model of the sin of gluttony. 
Yeah. Just, they're just crushing food, right? So all these big fat guys crush the food. Then they run over to this tank where we have another great spinning camera shot where we're doing like this five minutes of kind of these two guys competing for the affection of this lady we've seen in the stands. Right? Oh, yeah. Hey, can we talk about the shot that focuses on her. on her tits for like 20 seconds? That yeah, might be. Giant, I, but it's not like a sexy focusing on no. the boobs, like a Baywatch thing. It's a fascinating like pause, though, and I don't understand <laughs> why it's in the movie. Because, again, like this movie is made really well, and there's a lot of great there's a lot of great filmmaking going on in this movie. Surprisingly, it's the one part of the film I'm sitting there, and I was like, why are we paused? Oh, what? no. You could do an entire like investigative true crime story about the choices that are made in this movie and never get all the answers. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I just I don't. But this is the crazy thing, right? So all these guys are puking, and they're huffing that compressed air used to spray keyboards to make themselves puke more. Right. And then they fucking pony up to this fucking weird gelatinous block of meat. And everything they eat is with spoons, which I found very unusual too. Well, they're very f- Why is it always spoons? Well, they're very ca- they're very proper, you know. You with utensils. It's, you're not some There's mo- something going on in Hungary with spoons. I don't know if there was like a great spoon You're not some fucking shortage at one point. Not some fucking monster like that Joey Chestnut just eating hand food the whole time, you know. Oh yeah, gross finger foods. What are you, a child? Do you finger paint? Do you <laughs> you eat a gelatinous block of meat and then come and talk to me, sir. Yeah, uh, I don't. This this one is hard because this story with Baloney Tony is the only one where we actually see a modicum of happiness too, and I think yeah. that's what makes this one so crushing, right? Because while he he gets lockjaw during his eating contest and passes out. Right. He wakes up in the hospital and the woman that he's been pining over, Zygel, is that her name? Something like that. She's actually sitting there kind of comforting him. Granted, uh, his worst friend of all time runs in crushing a sandwich. (laughs) Hey, what's up? He's trying to like steal his girl. (laughs) While the guy can't talk, he's in his bed. Right. But we go from this just disgusting display display of gluttony, right? And there's there's also this moment where you're sitting you're confronting kind of the weirdness of the guy. He has a coach. I'm like, is there anything more pathetic than being a competitive eater? Oh yeah. Being a competitive eaters coach or vomit boy. Imagine, imagine he's not like, being we able to train hard. We're going to train hard until like, this is a recognized sport. So it's this weird destruction of self, but in the least productive way. I don't like, know. When you see like that. bodybuilders do it, I or like world strongmen, You're like, well, at least they can do cool shit. But see, that's what I like. That's the interesting thing though, is like, <laughs> do you see, we see it as body, just like, we see this as like this body destruction type deal to me yeah. though. If I'm watching this movie from the lens of a Hungarian person, or maybe someone who understands more of the allegorical aspects of the movie, that's not what it is. Perhaps it's like being a competitive speed eater, being proud of something that you're doing. Like, Maybe that's what it is. It's the it's the pride cometh before the fall type thing, maybe. Right. Well, he talks about that later when they're in the fat factory where they have the kids training with the fucking like, you know what I mean? It looks like spackle with cocoa powder on it. Oh, and okay. you see this kid who just crushes the food and he's like finished. And there's kind of this moment of glory, right? Like him and his mom, he's really proud. But then you go upstairs and you see the inevit- inevitability of that road. And it's just... But that's what he talks about, right? It's like he found early he could do this, and this was a way to get attention, and he could get bigger and bigger. 
And it's almost like if you make yourself big enough, it's impossible for people to look past you. Right. But this is the weird part, right? This is the only thing in the movie. It's a lot of eating and puking, which is just fucking vulgar. Yes. And disgusting. But there's a small montage in the middle of this, right? That is actually kind of fascinating to me because this follows the wedding. Right. Where seemingly things will go good for him. But then he has to sing a love song to win his bride back as she's outside getting fucking plowed uh, by the guy doing the George Costanza eating a turkey leg and humping her. But then she's looking through the window with an actual smile on her face. You know, like she does somewhat have affection for him. So even something as nice as a wedding is tarnished, right, by the gluttony of these people. Like everyone in this is a gluttony. Like her, she's just like a glutton for like any man who can eat a lot. I guess <laughs> I, I don't get her vibe. Like she's just chasing down. She's just uh, a huge fat guys. She's a she's a. I believe the term is a a, a feedy. Is that a feeder? A chubby chaser. I don't know a about chubby chaser. I don't know about chubby. Those guys are full blown fat man. Like I was gonna say, chubby's what you call cute children. <laughs> chubby, yeah. I, I believe that chubby's reserved for cherubs and. You know, uh, no, this is like, <laughs> I believe it's a feedy feeder relationship, something like that. I mean, again, like, there's so many terrifying and weird things that are covered in this section. But yeah, like, this is easily the grossest because of specifically, like, the relationship that food has to the rest of the characters in this movie, in this portion of the film is uh, really grotesque and kind of, sc- I mean, this is honestly the scariest part because you look at it and you're like, wow. But everything is even getting fucked by another dude at your wedding while you look lovingly at your husband. There's this fucking gluttony to it. Yeah. Ridiculous. But this is what I mean. So this section is followed up by maybe the only decent five. There's like a five minute montage of them like on dates after they find out they're having a kid. I started. And there's this moment. They're like they're on the slides together. They're going and doing like paddle boats together. They're on the beach. I started laughing when they were on that little twirly thing. That was, I don't know why. Like, he turns oh, around. Oh, yeah. Well, he you're tur- like, man, he, they got no one else on the other side to bounce that shit out. <laughs> he, he, like, turns around to kiss her. I'm like, that's fucking dangerous, dude. I, yeah, you're I, going to die. I have, I have expected him, like, that thing's going to twist and, like, cut that guy in half. I know it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, knowing this movie, sure, anything could have happened. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm like I, mean. I don't know what's happening. Good. Yeah, and they get off. And then as they're having this, like, actual moment of decency, a boat just rolls up. Like, this huge-ass boat. And they're like, ah, we heard your famous showman of eating. They cut to the boat, and it's just the saddest scene. Like, him and his his wife and his soon-to-be mother of his child were having this great moment. They're pulled out so they can eat what looks like caviar with raw bacon dividing the sections of, like, a Russian star. And they're just crushing food as this old man just looks on at them in disgust, right? Like, this old Soviet... Whoever he is, right? Like power broker. Right. Just looking at them in disgust. And then the rest of it is her. She's like, I'm worried about the baby, this and that. Like her excess is now she's worried about how it will affect her future. And it's it's really one of the saddest moments is the guy's just like, come on, you know, pull yourself together. We'll take care of this. And she fucking passes out in the food. And the next thing we see, right, we cut to our third story. And now Baloney Tony has become this full-on Jabba the Hutt monster, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah, uh, I I mean, it's just the most fucking vulgar. This is when the movie goes full-on vulgarity, right? Like, this is the... And that's what's crazy is that they put that montage in there to show us there's a moment when this guy, his life could have gone differently. Right. He could have been on the path for some decency and happiness, and then we cut to just 
big fucking fat baloney Tony just eating fucking sticks of butter and Ugh. watching old tapes okay. of other professional eaters. And his wife has now left to be a fucking fangirl for them. Yeah. It's insane. This is this this where there's no more joy left from this point in the movie. Not that there was much the entire time. No, but this is like the the joy has completely the all the joy that they have for this movie is put into that little montage. Other than that, it's done. Like there's no. <laughs> it's like it's we the, can feel you guys are about to break after the puke circle. Yeah, like <laughs> it's like. Well, we understand you guys were a little freaked out by those kids uh, learning how to be competitive eaters. Here's five seconds of happiness followed by. A guy who taxidermies himself. <laughs> like, is yeah, like, the makeup effects of Baloney Tony uh, at his, like, biggest might be... I You can tell it's a suit, but something about it is so viscerally disgusting. It doesn't matter. Like, it's just gross. Like, yeah. that's... This the is the thing, too, is it's, it's the end of the road where he's gotten so fucking disgusting he can't move. He has a bedpan. The wall behind him is actually just boxes of sticks of butter. So he he somehow never achieved greatness, but he Ugh. keeps fucking making himself bigger and bigger and bigger and just making fun of the guys doing what he wished he was doing. Right. And it's it's the saddest cuz that's the thing, at the end the orderly at the end of the first one, he got laid and then he died. Right. That's not that bad, right? No. Of a way to go out, right? You're like, "Oh, I just I got laid. This is dope. Ah, it's like 10 seconds of sadness. As far as death, this go, fucking not guy, his whole life is just a fucking tomb and a shrine to his fucking misery and failure. Yeah, it's like this is the saddest part, too. He has the room with the gigantic fucking cats that he only feeds butter to, or at least he has his kid do it. There's the part where he's saying how cute his cats are and he just wants to pet them, but he can't fucking do it. He can't even go pet his fucking cats. Right. A shut-in who can't enjoy their cats. That's the saddest thing you can ever think of. I mean, like, yeah, imagine being a cat lady with no ability to, like, tend to them. And that's what this is. Like, I mean, it's such a gross scene. Like, the scene itself within, like, the house is so disgusting. Like, it's the, the gate and, like, the cats are eating butter the whole time. Like, everything yeah. about that is disgusting. There's Right, so well, then he had... So this is where we meet his son, right? Him and his wife from the previous section they were pregnant they had this son named laos i think something like that and he's or lelos but he's and like he's kind of this little he looks like the uh what's that guy gareth from the original office but if he was an actual vampire yeah no absolutely and he's, yeah. he's so fucking skinny and gaunt and he's a taxidermist right so, like there's this great intro to him where he's at the the grocery store trying to buy all the butter and then just like one lollipop that's what he eats and he He's trying to have a really human moment with this cashier lady, but when he pulls his wallet out to pay, it's like a little carcass with the arms and legs still. <laughs> you're like, oh, man, you're so fucked up. You don't even know. It's just but so he's, sad. he's actually trying. Like, he's actually trying. And there's a great moment at the end of the movie before he's about to break when he goes to the grocery store again and that lady's not there. And you see all of it wash over him that he's completely over. And... Uh... It's this other awesome little visual bit of storytelling where it's like just seeing a beautiful, well-adjusted human being checking him out at the counter and rejecting him yeah, is what he lives for. That's his moment of happiness. It's it's tragic. Like, again, like everything about the end of this movie be, be, appears tra tragic to me. Like, there's nothing about the end of this movie that makes me happy, joyful. Like, 
even the stuff that you're kind of like, oh, that's kind of gross and cool. No, because it's like touched yeah. with this twinge of sadness, especially from the sun, because you realize this son has obviously as the son is like kind of disappointed his dad because he's not this big, fat, gregarious eater. Yeah, which is like, fuck you, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fat stink. It's like, yeah, yeah you God. fat stink. How dare you? But this is what I mean, right? So on the on the face of it, this is the weirdest apartment ever with a little vampire guy scrubbing a floor and feeding cats butter uh, in this fucking huge job of the hut guy. But all you're left thinking about is the way they're talking to each other just cuts so deep. You know, this they're arguing and arguing. And how can I be a disappointment to you? Can't even walk. And then he, he you know, calls him a son of a bitch. Yeah. And the son turns around. This is like the tragic moment when he's just like, mom saw it right when she fled. Like she knew kind of like you were never anything. Right. And then the dad, you know, do you know who I am? How hard I worked at happiness. And it devolves to the son comes back and it's just fucking the dad tries to slap and is like, sort of like he's just dumping butter sticks on him. And it's it's just and he's trying to throw butter at him, but he's getting winded. And it's just it's just so miserable, man. It's like almost. But that's what I mean. This is like a real family drama, but in the weirdest fucking uh, stage you could ever imagine. Yeah. It's like almost that rascal tipping thing from South Park that I was kind of like, yeah, like for five seconds I laughed. And then again, it just goes right back to like, oh, this is just tragically sad. Everything oh about it. How about the part when he's showing him he can eat the butter with the wrappers on? Because he, he's like, if I eat enough of them, it adds up to like a couple extra kilos. And you're just like, I've, oh, my God. There's so oh much about God, there's so much about everything that happens between their interactions that like almost makes me more nauseous than like watching a bunch of fats puke into a bowl like that concept. Like when he's just shoveling butter into his face, that honestly was the most nauseating thing in this movie. And this movie, we haven't even gotten to the actual part of this movie that is like truly disgusting. Like, right. Well, but this is the thing though. This is, you know, when something ends, it's beginning becomes important is what they said. They've now, because of his fucking choices, they're back in the little shed, man. Right. Like they're back away from all kind of human connection and decency. And, you know, the fat guy gets eaten by his own cats. You're like, dope. Awesome. This is where the son has a break, though, right? The Well, there's another thing. The doctor comes in with like a bucket. He's like, I want you to taxidermy these. Yeah. And what is maybe the most disgusting moment ever in a film, right, is this guy trying to taxidermy a little fetus for this guy. Ew. Oh, my God. I'm so glad you brought that up. Right, but this is one of those moments where you have to ask yourself, is is this narratively giving me enough story and art that that needs to be in it, or is right. this where they're crossing lines? And this movie dance is a fine dance. That was one of those moments you're like, I definitely could have done without that. Yeah, that but in and of itself. But then again, you're like, there is a moment in there where he's like, look at this little thing. Perfect, untarnished. You know, it didn't have a chance to get scarred up by the world, right? Right. It's like, I have kids, man. You look at them, you're like, fuck, we all started like that. We were all bright-eyed, like soft hair, soft skin. Everything smiles and happy. And then life just keeps taking chunks out of all of us. So I think the fetus, even as close to over the line as it is, is giving him that moment where, because the next thing we see is that he finds his dad and is dead. Right. And he kind of realizes that, you know, he'll never be clean like that. He'll never be able to escape these tragedies. Right. So, you know, he stuffs his dad and then it has the longest, like, weird, like, meat cleaving montage. And the next thing we see, 
he's whipped himself into this saw machine and he's taxidermying himself while he's alive. Which, by the way, should be the grossest thing we see in this movie. And it's like probably the 10th grossest thing I see in this movie. Well, have you told anyone like that's an entire horror movie on itself is taxidermist who taxidermies himself. Like, like that's an entire that has to be a movie somewhere. And yeah, like, like from the, the scene, the montage itself of this guy ripping his guts out and ripping himself apart is disgusting. Like that is like, and it's all close right. up. You can't tell what's what. You just see fat and sinew. But this and, is what it uh, is. It's this fucking kind of nihilistic look, right? Of this is what his dad was, right? This kind of monster we'd seen. And he starts working on him, and then we see all of this meat, and it's just this overly long montage to just show us, like, we are nothing. Yeah. All of these things that we carry in this baggage and whatever, at the end of it, we are just this fucking meat. Yeah. And so there's kind of a sadness to it that then when you put him there, and what is taxidermy except for this kind of false denial of death, right? Right. I'm going to make something look beautiful and alive so I can look at it all the time. You're like, but that's a dead thing. Taxidermy to me is one of the dumbest fucking things. Like, also, your house is going to look like shit. Like, I've never seen anything taxidermy to be like, dope interior decorating choice. I want to eat dinner here, you fucking creep. <laughs> but, uh, but what it is, it's this denial. And, and they always pose him like, if it's an animal, it's like posed in like this ferocious, like, rah. but that's what he's doing to himself, right? He's taking one moment. Because that's the thing, when they show him doing taxidermy earlier, it's very serial killer like, very precise. Right. You know what I mean? It looks different it doesn't look like he's an artist it looks like he's a serial killer and i think it's this way of him to i'm going to freeze myself is i want others to imagine me or remember me right you know i mean i'm gonna try to freeze myself like that little baby away from the scars away from the you know fat dad who got eaten by cats and now i'll be in the paper away from going to the store and not seeing this girl and i think that's why the head has to get taken off Okay. You know I, what I, I can mean? See that. Just I turns mean, him me, back into like, here's this image of like beautiful humanity from a family that knew so little of that. Right. I guess to me, a lot of it also has to do with deciding to be like, I, I like it goes back to the original thought we had at the very beginning of the movie with loneliness. Like this to me goes back to loneliness. Like you're already empty. So continue to be empty, like empty yourself even more until you're, you, you you yourself are this display of emptiness. Because that's really what taxidermy but, okay, is. Okay, now that's what you said. Display, though. In the end, he's picked up by some weird fucking creepy I know, right? Who's having, like, weird orgy party. And then he's like, look at my new statue. So, in a way, his dad becomes this grandiose right. bit of fame, right? And, and he's looked at as beautiful and this kind of meticulous artist. And so, in a way, did he achieve what he wanted like well, there's yeah. no way he can enjoy it right i but think that's it the is thing. A, a small respite i guess for us i think that's the thing is like i don't know in this weird way it's almost like the accomplishments of your children reflect who you are as a parent so in a way his greatest accomplishment is his son however his son's greatest accomplishment he hates his son because it reminds him of his wife that's it's so fucking sad man it's yeah <laughs> I mean, like, but that's the movie. Like, this movie is about sadness and loneliness wrapped in an allegory about Hungarian life post-World War II, which... Right. But that's what I mean. It's like an in-depth, like, character, drama, human condition, Terrence Malick type shit. Yeah. But just given to us with these insane, surreal images that, to me, make it more fun and palatable 
even though a lot of them are not fun. No. But so I don't know. I, I enjoy this movie. And what I tell people is I'm like, if nothing else, you'll watch this movie and there will be at least a scene or two you'll remember for the entire rest of your life. You'll never get rid of them. Yeah. Um, some people think that's a bad thing. I think that's impressive, man. Like, think of any other movie you've seen. Like, not a lot of movies pass that test. I think. I don't know. <laughs> Again, I, I stand by what I said at the beginning of the pod. Like, it's a good movie. There's no way around the fact I that this so movie too. is made very well. If you're willing to sit and watch a movie that, look, I sat in a, I watched a two hour movie I don't understand because I have absolutely no comprehension of the language. But I understand the, I understand the visceral quality of imagery. And I think that was the thing that is yeah. so important about this movie is, it almost feels like you don't really need a lot of dialogue because you can see what's happening on screen. And if you can create your own narrative, almost if you can create your own narrative within the story, almost, I think that's really the accomplishment of filmmaking is grafting your own, like grafting your own theory and your own belief. Just like we do every single time we do one of these pods, grafting your own theory and what you truly think is important about a movie onto that film. The way you personally yeah. receive the flick, that's what's important. And that's why I think Taxidermia is a good movie if you've got a strong stomach. Right. Well, it's funny, too, because a lot of the times I'm trying to read subtitles, but you're like, I can't take my eye off the screen. Who the fuck knows what they'll show me? Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, holy shit. After All that- right, before we dip out of here, top three grossest or weirdest things they did in the movie. Imagine this. There's a movie where a guy fucks a wall and an actual rooster pecks his dingus. And I don't even know if that's top 20. Uh, for me, it's the um, the sh- the turnaround of the it's fucking a pig. The sound design just makes me nauseous. Uh, the um, the the butter, the shoving of the butter into your mouth, essentially like that is disgusting yeah. on all levels. Um, and then uh, the last scene where uh, not the last scene. Uh, no, the the and then the montage of him taxidermying himself. That is that is truly yeah. like it, it's just like it's not that it's like totally disgusting. It's visceral. Like that's the thing where I'm like, I can't tell. Like I know that it's not because they show everything. Like like the, from the yeah. first incision and you see the fat right below the dermis. You're like, oh god, we're gonna have to watch this whole thing, aren't we? That is truly yeah. Gross. It's but that's the thing you can't make anything out. It just makes it even grosser. Oh, and the uh, taxidermied fetus is the bonus. Yeah, I mean, that's the one where you're like, I could have done without that. Like I, <laughs> The rest of it, like image-wise, when he comes in and sees his dad torn apart by the, you know, now dead body cats, you're like, that's fucking crazy. Like, that's something I'll remember. Just the, the yeah. shots of him lording in his chair. Yeah. You're like, that is so haunting and grotesque. The cat's, the cat's like, eating. Like, that guy's a Clyde Barker character. <laughs> whatever they, terrifies whatever they dragged it. out of him, like the intestine, the cat's eating it, that was pretty disgusting. Yeah. Uh, to me, it was the solo puke machine where he like leans over and the machine's like, duh, 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 duh. <laughs> he's like throwing up as it beats his own stomach. Right. And then he waxes about how he got his start and will he ever make uh, greatness. Those two were fucking insane. And then I don't I, I don't know what would be next because there, there's a lot. I mean, obviously, take the fetus out, right? Because that's just like. We didn't need that. Yeah. We didn't need all that. <laughs> but I think, God, I don't. I want to say almost like the the book, 
the little book to me had this extra level of turning him into a predator in what was clearly a children's book that yeah. really fucking wigged me out. Interesting. But yeah, it's just, but that's what I mean. It's a movie of big, crazy fucking images uh, that are hard to fucking withstand. But I think if those wash over you, what you're left with is this really fucking interesting deep dive into, you know, how hard this fucking thing can be sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's done in a way that is made infinitely more entertaining than a lot of your kind of Oscar season stuff. I'm glad I watched it, honestly. Like, yes, it was the grossest movie I've ever seen. I thought this was going to be the end of the show. I'm glad you liked it. I thought it was, (laughs) it offers a lot more than what your standard, like disgusting, like gross out movies mean, mean to offer. There's something, there's something buried beneath it, beneath the surface that if you're watching and you're paying attention enough, you're going to grab for and it's going to be make the movie that much more interesting and honestly that much more watchable because otherwise it's just a movie with a few gross out gags like you should be watching yeah. it for its deeper meaning and I think that's what makes taxidermia special. Yeah man, that's it for taxidermia guys. If you can find this, this one's hard to find. Uh it is out there online. You can find the DVDs on Amazon and eBay. I would suggest if nothing else, if you're the kind of guy like me who just wants to show your friends fucked up things and watch their reaction, this is a good one. Hey, if you want, uh, I'll send you the you link. No, definitely watch it with a friend, man, because they will not believe you when you tell you what you just watched. Not wrong. <laughs> they won't believe you. So have a friend for evidence. Uh, if you watch it with them, share the pod, man. We'll all commiserate together. Uh, if you listen to us somewhere where you can leave a rating and review on your podcast directory, please do so, guys. It does help us uh, reach new members a lot. And also, the Film Alchemists are on social media. Uh, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. Uh, we're on YouTube now, too. You can also find us there. Uh, please subscribe, share, uh, tell your friends personally if you think they'd like the show. That kind of personal bonding and connection that's how we're gonna find more friends uh to do this thing with please that's how we'll find more weird fucked up movies like taxidermia to discuss uh and that's all we want man we want a really fun place where all of us people that just fucking love and adore movies uh can come and have fun and talk some shit together that's the show we're trying to create agreed love this show i want you guys to enjoy it as well watch taxidermia it's weird tell your friends please please god do if for nothing else just you should always watch movies like this that are that insane. Seriously, if you want to watch it really badly, send me send us a message on send us a direct message on the Twitter or the um, Instagram account, and I'll uh, find a way to get you to watch it. They got it on YouTube, man. If you want the no audio, they have uh, a lot of. It's hard to find the subtitles, but I did it. You can do it too. Uh, that's it, guys, for the film Alchemist. I'm Josh Griffey. I'm Alex Tandino. What a fun body horror month. Uh, I don't know if we went super in-depth into how this is body horror. I guess that should be pretty fucking obvious if you watch this movie. (laughs) Uh, It will be nice to shake the fucking uh, disgustingness of body horror off. Uh, This next month upcoming, the pod goes to the School of Hard Knocks. Uh, We have some awesome movies that feature schools uh, not going according to plan. (laughs) So... So stay tuned, guys. It'll get less icky. Uh, We appreciate you having fun with us.